Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence, the podcast that talks SEC through the lens of Mississippi. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined today by Ole Miss baseball radio analyst and career hits leader, Brad Henderson. Brad, how are you, man? I'm good, Parrish. I'm good. It's uh, looks like the weather's finally getting right, and uh Gonna go to work for a little bit today, and then hop on an airplane and go to Texas. Man, man, the weather is getting right a little bit. Uh, we just can't seem to to get 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 winter right on out the door. I mean, you wake up and it's uh, it's in the fifties a little bit. I, I guess we'll be looking for that uh, when when August rolls around. Uh, what's what's going on with uh, Alpha Insurance today? Well, just staying busy, Parish. Uh, obviously, some of these storms had come through this past week, so. Uh, had some claims, you know, it, it, really east of Oxford, but, you know, the Calhoun City area got hit. So uh, just trying to make sure our customers are taken care of and uh, just try to get out and see some of the damage and, and assess where we what, what kind of what we need to do from here. So, Brad, what goes into assessing home damage after a storm? Um, what what does it take? before the insurance agency, I guess, really starts starts to consider a home a total loss. I, mean, I, I remember some of these discussions with people uh, after the tornado in Tupelo in 2014, and uh, I know that the foundation uh, becomes a big part of the discussion. I had some friends who had homes shifting on the slab a little bit and, and had some discussions like that. But uh, as an insurance agent, a company, what, what goes into those kinds of discussions in times like this? Well, obviously, the, the adjusters are going to come out and look and, and assess and, and that, you know, kind of evaluate uh, the, the shape of the home and, and all that's happened. But, you know, one thing I like about Alpha is, 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 is we can all get together as a team uh, to make the best decision, not only financially for your family, but uh, the one that makes the most sense. Uh, you know, a lot of times when there's a claim uh, filed, actually there doesn't probably need to be a, fam- a claim filed. You know, uh, let, take a roof, for example. We've had a couple roof claims now because of this storm. Um, and if people have a high deductible, uh, say like a, a $5,000 deductible, and there's only uh, $5,500 worth of damage, you probably don't want to file a claim, you know, uh, because you're going to be at your deductible anyway. And, uh, you know, claims obviously hurt your history, uh, which which in most cases make your premium go up uh, at renewal. So it's just best to get together with your agent and your adjuster and figure out the best plan. Uh, and if it is to file a claim, then file the claim and uh, Alpha will certainly handle it. So when you are out right now and, and visiting people after storms, this kind of thing, uh, what uh, what what are you doing? What are these conversations like? Well, just like what we spoke of, yeah. first and foremost, you know, we we're there to make sure that they're safe, uh, that their home is safe, their environment's safe, um, you know, and, and then to <clears throat> uh, and then to help in any way we can as far as the damage goes. Um, obviously. You know, again, we'll go back to a roof because typically that's most of the time that, that where the damage is at in these wind storms and, and tornadoes. And, you know, uh, if you can get a, a, a leaky roof patched or, or, or tarped, uh, you know, helping people with that, we certainly don't 
want you to get up there by yourself to do it. You know, obviously have someone who knows what they're doing, but just situations like that. A lot of people just don't know what to do. And so any, any guidance we can give people uh, to, to get them back in their home quicker and safer uh, is what we're there for. Hey, folks, we want to thank our partners, the Oxford Park Commission. Registration for summer day camp continues online at OxfordParkCommission.com. Or just visit the Coach Howell Activity Center. Camp serves ages 5 to 13, costs $300 per camper per session. Sessions run June 1 to 25 and July 5 to 30. Drop off each day at 7.30, pick up at 5.30. Games, arts and crafts, swimming, outdoor activities, field trips, just, just some of the things campers will be taking part in daily. And OPC is looking for lifeguards for the city pool for the summer. The season starts Memorial Day weekend and runs through Labor Day. Candidates must be at least 16 and have a current lifeguard certification. Contact Aquatics Director Jamie Chandler with questions. That's J-A-M-I-E at OxfordParkCommission.com. Or if you don't have questions, just apply online at OxfordMS.net. So, Brad, uh, was talking with uh, – Mike Bianco, uh, we, we uh, caught up with him after the four-hour non-conference game uh, Tuesday night against <laughs> Arkansas State. Uh, I tell you what, the Red Wolves, man, they, uh, you know, they, they, they got their money out of the trip over. They got to play for four hours. So, uh, oh man, uh, it was a lot. It was a long night. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we, we we laugh about it, and it's easy to laugh about it now. But uh, I thought Arkansas State swung it really well, you know, and uh, I, I knew they were better. Uh, than when we had played them earlier because I had a chance to visit Matt Stoles, who, who's the, uh, the the voice of the Red Wolves, and he told me, he said, we've come a long way since uh, that 12-1 that to beating they, they took early in the year. Um, but on the, on the other hand, uh, I, I thought Coach Bianco in my postgame interview with him was dead on when he said, uh, we just got to be better. You know, we, we can't use the excuse anymore of, well, they're not getting a lot of innings and this and that and the other. At some point, some of these guys are going to have to step up. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're disappointed in the arms that, that that threw, for the most part, that threw on Tuesday. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you had a shot to get your 32nd win, and, and you got it. So you just you, – you're grateful for that, and you move on. Yeah, it seems, Brad, though, that and, – and I know where, uh, where Mike is coming from on that. Uh, it, it just – and no doubt, teams get better and teams improve during the season. That's what you want. You you don't expect to be the same uh, in May that you were in February. Okay, uh, so credit Arkansas State for uh, for getting better as the season has gone along. But uh, in simplest terms, here you have SEC level pitchers who really struggled against Sun Belt level pitchers. Not that there aren't good players in the Sun Belt, but you just don't expect to see these pitchers hit as hard as they were in a non-conference game, whether it's Arkansas State or whomever. Now, I thought, Brad, that it really kind of drew a line in the Ole Miss bullpen, which also is evolving, which also we have seen get better. But it, I, I thought it was a clear line between the guys that you're expecting to pitch on the weekend and the guys that you're trying to get some work for right now, which you know brings up uh, the depth question. Uh, but it was at the end of the game. You, you you hope you get past an Arkansas State without having to use Derek Diamond. But uh, 
but you did, and 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 he helped you close the game. But uh, what what do you see in that group right now, just in terms of depth? Uh, well, I I think we're not as deep as what we'd like to be. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's that's evident. Uh, you know, we've we've had long enough to evaluate uh, the depth of this bullpen. But I do like some of the additions now um, in Jack Doherty. And uh, obviously, Myers has stepped up. Tyler Myers. I, clearly, uh, Taylor Broadway is going to close it for you. Um, you know, I think we just need to get to that five or six number uh, before you get to Broadway. And, and I, don't, I don't think we're far off from that. Um, we're just fortunate that we have starters that can go uh, deep into games, you know, they can get you six or seven where you don't have to burn uh, so many innings out of your, out of your middle guys. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a luxury. They thought Ole Miss thought they had that they don't have. Um, but you know, it's good to see guys like Doherty now be co- as consistent as they've been. Uh, so you can kind of add another one to that short bullpen, but you know, again, I just think you need four or five to get you to a weekend, uh, unless you get one of those odd games where it's just a slugfest, uh, and then it's just Johnny Holstaff. And and obviously, if we get in that situation, we we would certainly, I would think, be in trouble. Yeah, and, and it was it was a really good weekend for the bullpen against South Carolina. We talked about that earlier in the week, uh, and they didn't have to use that many bullpen guys. They got good starting pitching, got uh, you know uh, good good starts from uh, Gunnar Hoagland and Doug Nikhazy, and when they needed the extended bullpen appearance, Doherty was there and responded to the point that, I mean, lots of times, Brad, you know, here lately, we've seen that there, there hasn't been that extended appearance. So we've seen pitcher, 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 lots of changes. But because you didn't have that against South Carolina, a guy like Austin Miller didn't even pitch, didn't pitch in the series. Uh, and so it was good on Tuesday to see Austin Miller come in and throw a scoreless inning. It was good to see Jackson Kimbrell come in and throw a scoreless innings, a scoreless inning. And, and those are guys that uh, that really need right now to add depth because honestly, I'll tell you, it looks like uh, it sure looks like Jack uh, Doherty has passed them, but you need them for for depth. And it was the farther down the list guys who really were getting hit hard by Arkansas State. Yeah, it was. But, you know, I still go back to at some point, those guys are going to be your guys. Probably not this year. uh, But you need those guys to start evolving and start trending the right way. And I think think for Mike and that staff, that's the most disappointing thing is you're starting to see – you take like a Josh Mallett, okay? And and I'm not – and this is just an example – he was pretty good early in the year, and, and then he's just kind of been hanging in limbo, and, and then the other night he wasn't great. So you, you want to see these guys start to take the next step because these are who you're going to depend on in the years uh, to come when you when you lose the Gunnar Hoaglands and you lose the uh, Doug Nikhazy's of the world to the draft. Uh, and I know they will evolve, but, boy, you'd certainly like to see it right. now rather than later, you know. Yeah. Well, what are you seeing from Jack Doherty right now that you think has helped him uh, elevate? Well, I think number one, he's a strike thrower. Uh, number two, it's a uh, he's always down in the zone. And no matter who do I do an interview with, 
I always say this. If you watch Jack and when he misses, it's just off the plate and it's just below the knees for the most part. He never misses belt high over the plate. and uh, But he, t- he tends to get ahead of hitters. Uh, that breaking ball is pretty good. But he's just got that uncanny ability to keep the ball down in the zone. Um, I think the most impressive thing is, and, and if you don't know the story, obviously they took the red shirt off of him a few weeks ago. So he's had very limited action. This, I think the last time he threw was his fourth, fourth appearance. Uh, is his, he controls his emotion. Uh, a lot of times freshmen thrown in that fire, uh, just come out there and just try and throw as hard as they can, you know, trying to blow it by. He hasn't. He's been in complete control. Uh, there's just been a maturity about him that I don't think anybody saw coming as far as the general public and, and the fan base goes. Um, but in the in the couple times I've interviewed him, he, he's kind of mature beyond his years. Uh, so it, it's been a real plus to see Jack Doherty um, really, really flourish since, since given the opportunity. Offensively, uh, 18 hits uh, against Arkansas State. Looks like Jacob Gonzalez is really, really swinging it well of late, Brad. And, and one thing about uh, this offense, uh, uh, TJ McCants, man, you, you can say he's, he's cooled off a little bit. He was only one for five. But we, we see that with this bunch. We've seen so many of them hit well at different times of the year. And uh, if, if one's uh, settling down a little bit, another one seems to be uh, – warming up and uh, obviously uh, Ben Van Cleve had a big night uh, against uh, uh, Arkansas State as well but uh, Gonzalez in particular had a good weekend four for nine against the Gamecocks so what what are you seeing in his approach right now yeah Jacob was SEC freshman of the week uh, last week and and rightfully so um you know, at some point I, I thought these guys would take a step back I thought the scouting report would get out on them uh, and they hadn't flinched. They, they are really good. And uh, I knew we were going to be pretty good offensively this year, but when you get freshmen pitching in the way they're pitching in, uh, this offense has gone from really good to, to almost great uh, when you look at them on the conference level. Um, and they've been so good and so consistent that uh, it looks like Texas A&M this weekend is going to kind of change up their rotation and go lefty-lefty Saturday-Sunday uh, and try and change some things up. To, to Obviously, they're off to a sh- you know a rough start and, and with five, only five conference wins. But, uh, yeah, it, it's been a fun group to watch. It's, uh, you know, the, the big question was, can we replace Tim offensively? How far are we going to fall back? And we really hadn't. Um, we really hadn't. So, yeah, those, those two guys have been a huge part of it, and uh, it, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> I, where, where I think they've missed uh, Tim Elko has been uh, the RBI numbers. You know, the average, the team average is kind of – it's hanging in there. And like I said, you see one guy slide, another guy comes up, and and uh, and that's been good. But I think just the, the big hits, the run-producing uh, – it was those weeks right after the Elko injury that we really started to see struggles, I guess, with runners on base. And so I think that's been – you don't take a guy like Tim Elko out of the lineup and not feel it. There's going to be impact from that type of loss. I think they've done a great job, Ole Miss has, of uh, of replacing his hits, replacing 
you know, those numbers. But uh, they've come around a little bit, hit better with runners on base against the Gamecocks, and uh, we'll see if they can do that against Texas A&M as well. Yeah, only five conference wins, but, man, that's that's a dangerous five-win team. You know, we laugh when we hear things like, well, that's the best five-win conference team in America. But look at them, five wins. But, uh, you know, while they get swept in Starkville, they lose two one-run games. They go to 12 innings in the first one. You know, they've picked off what uh, – they've picked off a game against Arkansas, a game against uh, somebody else. So, they're – you know, they're – I think they, they shouldn't be taken lightly. What 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 do you – you know, what, what do you see in this A&M team? Yeah, the same, Parrish. It's kind of that whole – you know, and we certainly didn't overlook LSU, but you, you, you ran into an LSU team whose record at the time wasn't very good. Uh, this A&M team is going to have a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent in the state of Texas. Uh, you're going to get them on their home turf. Uh, the ball really jumps out there. Um, and they're scary. They just hadn't seemed to put it together. Uh, they haven't been very consistent, which is uncharacteristic of a Rob Childers team. Uh, but you know there's a lot of talent on this team. They're going to have some good arms. Uh, and it'll be a real test, you know, especially with so, with so many young guys on this old Miss team uh, going to these big venues. Obviously, there's still – won't be it won't be packed at Bluebell Park. Thank goodness for Ole Miss, you know, because that place can get really loud. They'll get the swaying going. They'll get kind of like the football stadium going. Um, but but luckily, you know, you won't have that at a hundred percent. But uh, it's still an overwhelming kind of a wide-eyed uh, situation when you walk into these really really nice venues, and it can be intimidating, uh, especially if you've never been there. Uh, we just talked about the youth on this team and the freshmen, so. You know, they'll need to get over that in a hurry and, and just get back to playing baseball. I tell you what, I, I haven't been to Bluebell Park in a few years, but I was there when it opened, I think was 2012. Uh, A&M was not yet in the conference. That was that uh, regional that Ole Miss was there uh, in College Station. Brand new park at that time. I'm, I'm sure it's still very nice. Hard to believe that uh, that it's getting closer to 10 years, 10 years old Bluebell Park. But, uh, Brad, one of the best things about being there for that regional uh, was that there was a Bluebell ice cream freezer in the press box. I mean, and, and they just they, – they kept stocking it, man. So that was, uh, that, that was not uh, an eat healthy kind of, of regional. Few of them are. But, uh, you know, that was, uh, that, that was uh, certainly a, a takeaway. Um, it, you know, this is just not a team, uh, like we said, that I, I think uh, – should be taken lightly, and it will be, to some degree, the last chance to affect the resume for Ole Miss in terms of getting in this group of 20 that comes out next week. Next week, the NCAA announces, makes a regional announcement. They're going to announce 20 teams for 16 spots. Brad, when I first heard that, I thought, well, they're going to announce alternate sites uh, like they announced alternate teams for the uh, men's basketball tournament. But uh, that's not what they're doing. You know, they're they're telling 20 teams, you go ahead and get ready to host, but uh, four of those will not. So anyway, uh, it, it is kind of a, a different uh, a different feel for the regional announcement. So from from that regard, you know, Ole Miss needs to continue to win to uh, work its way into that top 16 and, and get a host site. But uh, even beyond that, when that that puts the Vanderbilt series back in play for uh, national seed considerations, you know, after A and M, you know, the A and M from from the big picture right now, 
you are not going to earn a national seed because you win a series at Texas A&M on the road. But you could lose uh, a national seed or lose host consideration if you lose to Texas A&M on the road. And then you come back and you lose against Vanderbilt. But uh, I think that Vanderbilt series now, I know uh, Mike Bianco doesn't like to look ahead, but uh, in the media it's what we get paid to do. Uh, let's let's say on paper Ole Miss wins the A&M series. They should. They'll be favored. That Vanderbilt series really, uh, you come back, you get a good weekend there, and they're gettable. Uh, you win two or three there, it really kind of puts that national seed within reach, would you say? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's there's nine big games left, and and I I still think I, obviously I, I think seven. If you can go seven and two, that I think you're locked. Uh, in the in the in the in the in the last eight, you know, in the, the for the supers, uh, and I'm not so sure six and nine doesn't get there. Obviously, that means just winning the, the last three series, going, you know, two and one over the last three. Uh, but yeah, it's a huge weekend next weekend. Obviously, Ole Miss has got to take care of business, but uh, you know, in that in that sense of it, there's still a lot of baseball left. A, a lot can happen in nine games. Um, and, and you're right, Vanderbilt. Uh, is really good, but uh, you said it, they're gettable. They, they haven't been as sharp. Uh, they certainly weren't as sharp last weekend at Florida. Uh, you know, we, we all thought they had uh, Nolan Ryan and Roger Clements, um, and, and they don't. And, you know, those guys are human. Uh, they're good, and, and when they're on, they're really good. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're gettable. And, uh, you know, obviously Ole Miss has got to stay focused and, and take care, but we get to talk about next weekend, you know, uh, like you said. Uh, but to, to me, Ole Miss coming off the South Carolina, that's as good as they've win. Uh, that's as good as they've looked collectively for an entire weekend, I think all year. So you look at Ole Miss and you could almost argue that, you know, if you get outings from Gunner and Doug like you did against South Carolina, this team's scary right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out starting tomorrow night. But, uh, you know, if we continue to play like we have been, uh, this team could really make a run. Folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence, where we talk SEC through the lens of Mississippi. Check out our work at djournal.com. Find that drop-down menu on the left. Scroll down to the Ole Miss page and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford. Lots of good things in the group there. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.